0: Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Would you stand with me as we read God's word together? This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child to the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no reunion with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this passage and all that it it tells us and all that it means. I pray you would open our eyes through your spirit to see that night, to see that challenge, to see that glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So Christmas is here. Merry Christmas to you. (coughs) Um, how quickly life goes by, it seems like the entire year has gone by quickly. And certainly it feels like Christmas, today at least. This morning's message is entitled Christmas According to Joseph. Christmas According to Joseph. I love this passage. Matthew 1 gives us beautiful insight into the perspective of Joseph. And if you think of it, He's kind of the odd man out here. He's not the mother of Jesus, and technically he's not the father of Jesus either. Yet he's the one who has to make all the difficult decisions that were literally a matter of life or death and had to make the decisions as to what to do and how to do it. Even worse, he doesn't know what to do. There's no guidebook for this your fiance comes to you and tells you she's expecting a baby and it's, it's okay because it's God's baby. How do you, what do you do? How do you deal with that? How do you respond to that? There's, there's, there's no precedent for anything like this in history. And so he has to know what to do, but he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Maybe you're like that in your life right now. You don't even know what to do, let alone how to do it. But right in the middle of trying to figure this out, he gets a visit from an angel who gives Joseph two clear and simple instructions. Now, before we get there, I have to say, men, God understands us men quite well. If the angel came down and said, Okay, Joseph, here's 20 instructions, he would remember probably two. <laughs> and so he knows that even men can remember two things, I hope. Amen? well thank both of you Um, we men can remember at least two instructions amen Amen. all right very good I'll ask you next week what the outline was (laughs) we'll see if you can remember two instructions and so the first instruction and these are simple instructions don't say they're easy but they're very simple I mean they're really simple Men, we overcomplicate life sometimes, and ladies, we we tend to overcomplicate life a lot. So keep it simple, and here's what the angel says to him. He says, number one, he says, Joseph, don't be afraid. Fear not. Well, that's an interesting directive. We do know that Mary received the same directive when the angel came to visit her, and that's in Luke chapter one. In that instance, actually the angel is named, what's the name of the angel? It's Gabriel. I don't know why the gospel is the way it is and why God wrote it the way that he did. I don't question that, but I do find it interesting that he mentions the name of the angel for Mary, but not the name of the angel for Joseph. I don't know if he got some other angel, you know, further down the, the line or whether it was, it was Gabriel or, or Michael, the archangel. We don't know. Uh, It doesn't really matter, of course, if it mattered, he would tell us, but it was an angel. And so this angel is saying to Joseph the same thing that the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid. And by the way, there was good reason to be afraid. First of all, it's an angel and there are identifiers to an angel. He doesn't have a dream where he sees some guy. He doesn't know who it is. Maybe it's an angel, he doesn't know. He clearly saw the angel and goes, wow, that's an angel. He knew it was a messenger from God. And that means he was, he was uh, uh, um, uh, had the countenance of someone that had the glory of God as a messenger of God. And often that was terrifying. In fact, most of the time, if not virtually every time, uh, a representative of God, an angel of God appears People are terrified. Remember, that's what happened with the, uh, with the shepherds. They were terrified. Fear not, was the first thing that was said to them. So he had good reason to be afraid. First of all, it was an angel. But more than that, <laughs> you and I have beautiful porcelain manger scenes on our mantles. Well, Mary and Joseph, they didn't have a manger scene. See, we, all, we know how it all worked out. They didn't have a clue how it was gonna work out. And so he's having to deal with this, not knowing if it is gonna work out. So logically, there was a great deal for Mary and Joseph to be afraid of. In fact, when I say afraid, I mean terror. Guys, your girlfriend comes to you, your fiance comes to you and says, hey, I'm pregnant and it's somebody else's, but don't worry, it's God's baby. There's a reason for him to have anxiety over that kind of statement. In fact, I was tempted to entitle this message, The Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) Because if your girlfriend or your fiance came to you and told you that, you would probably be terrified. So what was there to fear? Well, we see this in our passage, actually. We don't have to speculate. We see in verse 20, first of all. If you go to verse 20, it says this. It's down toward the bottom but after, uh, excuse me, in verse 20 it says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Do you see that? This is the angel speaking. Don't be afraid. And he says apparently, or not apparently, but specifically, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Now he may be terrified that there's angel, but apparently he's more terrified at the prospect of taking Mary home as his wife. And again, there's reason for that. If he says to everyone publicly, I, I, need, the, I need everybody to know, because you know everybody's gossiping, everybody's talking, they're all on Facebook, <laughs> spreading the message there, first century. And they're saying, uh, did you hear the news? Joseph's fiance's pregnant, which means what? Joseph's been bad. And that, so his name is now being questioned. His integrity is being questioned. It may not be that big of a deal in the 21st century, but it was a huge deal in the first century. In fact, it was so bad that if Joseph had told people publicly he was not the father of the baby, Mary would be executed. She would be stoned to death. Adultery was a, captable, a capital punishment crime. And so this is a life or death kind of situation. If he takes her home to be his wife, nobody's going to believe that she's an adulterer. What he's really doing is he's going to let the gossipers gossip, but he's going to take responsibility for that baby as though he actually were the father, but he knows he's not. And so he's going to bite the bullet here. He's going to take the fall if he takes her home as his wife. So what do you do? Well, the angel tells him, don't make... A response or decision based on fear. Don't worry. This is what you do. Take her home as your wife. So she was pregnant with Joseph, but he was not the father. That was the first problem. And then, and I do like this, the angel says to Joseph, don't be afraid to take her home as your wife, but then he explains to him why he shouldn't be afraid to do that. He says, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know the timing of all of this. We don't know. We assume, I, I, because it's in the movie this way, that Mary finds out first that she's pregnant. She, she has the visit from the angel. The, va- the angel says, you're going you're gonna to have a, a baby and the, the father is the Holy Spirit. It will be conceived from the Holy Spirit. It's a divine conception. And so she then, I assume, goes to Joseph and tells him, because Joseph does know at this point, this is not news to him with the angel, he does know that he's, his, his fiancée is expecting a baby. And so no doubt Mary told him, surely she told him, look, honey, I got to say I'm pregnant. How else would he know? Who's going to tell him that? She had to tell him. Mary had to tell him, and then surely in the next sentence she said, "But it's okay. That the Father is the Holy Spirit, and whether Joseph m- believed that or not, it was a lot to accept. First time in history, last time in history, only time in history that would ever happen. So if your fiance comes to you and says you're pre- she's pregnant, it's okay. It's 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 God's, It's God's baby." That's hard for him to, you understand his situation. So it was really necessary. In fact, I'm guessing that Mary went straight home and said, Lord, I would really appreciate if you would send an angel to tell him, okay? But he doesn't have to take my word for it. And so God does that. Whether it he to her prayer or not, I don't know. But God does that very thing. And so he says, it's okay, you take her home as your wife because... What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The other reason was, of course, more public. There was reason to be afraid because of the implications of what might happen. Uh, Joseph, it says, was a righteous man. So he didn't want to have her killed. He didn't, he didn't want to, to ruin her reputation or bring shame on her or her home. And so Joseph decided to do the, the kindest thing that he knew to do. He was going to divorce her quietly, is what the Bible says, what the passage says. Now, again, if you break up when you're engaged in the 21st century, nobody really cares. I mean, it's it's maybe some gossip, but that's it. You're welcome to do that. You're able to do that. Only statistically, I understand one in three engagements actually end up in marriage. So two out of three don't make it to the wedding day. And so it's very common that engaged people get, broke, uh, get uh, break up. That was not common in the first century. In fact, they, con- they considered that betrothal so substantial that in order to break up, you had to legally get a divorce. So here, Joseph was going to be a divorced man having never been married. Isn't that an interesting dilemma? And so he's struggling with that, and there's reason to fear because there's going to be repercussions. Who's going to want him as a carpenter in his profession? Who's going to embrace him and his family knowing that there's this, this issue that his wife had a baby and, or his fiancée and all of this kind of public disgrace? What would his own parents think? What would people in his town think? plus the fact that he's going to already be divorced. Let me ask you today, are you afraid? That's rhetorical, don't answer, but are you afraid? I don't analyze it or think about it a lot, but there is a tremendous amount of anxiety and fear in my life. Are you afraid? You see the crime rates climbing the political instability in our nation, the animosity, the uncertainty about the future, increasing inflation, and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon, sickness and politics combined, hate and injustice in our world. Mix that with our own personal challenges, our relationships, our finances, our health issues. Who knows what will happen in 2022? Are you afraid? You can torment yourself physically with fear, actually, to the point that you develop anxiety and stomach ulcers and high blood pressure, stomach problems of all kinds. (coughs) Doctors will tell you that one of the significant causes of health issues in our nation is anxiety and fear related. Someone once said, fear is to the body what sand is to machinery. It'll tear you up from the inside out. But I have good news. One of the most touching scenes to me in the entire Bible takes place between John and Jesus. But not with when he was with the 12 disciples. This was after the resurrection, but not just after the resurrection. It would be decades after the resurrection. Did you know that John was the the last one to see the resurrected Jesus? And when I say resurrected Jesus, John actually sees Jesus in heaven in his full glory. It's quite an event. But something happens in this, this reunion between the two that I think is just beautiful. This is Revelation chapter 1 verse 17. Look there with me if you would. Revelation 117 says this. This is John speaking. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Now, what does that mean? He's terrified. You know, he's like the guy in the the horror movie when the monster comes out. And he turns around and sees the monster. And he's so afraid, he's literally petrified. And he just stands there and takes it. Gets killed. And so John sees Jesus and he is scared to death, which is fascinating because John had seen Jesus before and he hadn't been scared to death. But he's seen Jesus in all of his glory here. In fact, in the previous verses, it describes Jesus It talks about the hair color of Jesus. Do you remember the hair color of Jesus? This is Revelation, of course. It's apocalyptic, so it's symbolic. But it says that his hair was white and his face was white. He's wearing a sash. He's in all of his kingly glory. And John, seeing Jesus like that, is literally petrified. Falls at the feet of Jesus as though dead. That's what though dead means. He's petrified. And so he sees this amazing thing. And then it says, when I saw him, this is John speaking, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and he said, what? Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades. That is the keys of life and death, Uh, the keys of judgment. So here's what happened that I find remarkable. You see this scene in heaven, this seemingly untouchable uh, Savior that is there. And the first thing that Jesus says is, John, don't be afraid. And the first thing that he does is, did you catch it? He put his hand on John. That was a very personal thing. So you don't touch people that you don't know. If you do, if you go out in public and you put your hand on people that you don't know, you're liable to get your your face knocked out there, your teeth knocked out. We tend to touch people that we know and love and are dear to us. And here is the King of Kings. And the first thing he did is put his hand on John. He says, John, it's okay. Don't. Don't be afraid. I don't know what you're going through. But I know this. God loves you. Whatever problems you're having, whatever challenges you're having, whatever anxiety you're having this Christmas in your own personal life, whether it be financial or relational or physical, you're going through all kinds of physical problems. I want you to know that God loves you and he places his hand on you and he says, don't be afraid. I don't know how you feel about what's going on in our world, what a mess it is in our own nation, how torn apart we are, and how much hatred and bitterness there is. I want you to know that God is in control control, and he's putting his hand on you and he says, don't be afraid, I'm here. When he says I hold the keys of death in Hades, it means I'm in charge. (laughs) That's really what it means. Jesus is saying to John, Don't be afraid, I got it under control. And it's the same in the 21st century. There is not one thing that this government or any government, this country or any country can do or ever will do that is apart from the hand of God. Don't be afraid, i hold the keys. Joseph was afraid of all the possible bad things that could happen to him or Mary to their lives, or to their reputations. And God was saying to Joseph, don't be concerned about any of that. I'm in control. I'll take care of it. Just do what I ask you. And for you and me and all of our problems and concerns, God says the same thing. Don't be concerned about any of that. He's in control. He'll take care of it. Just do what he asks. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Even a man can get that. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says it this way. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to, here's the word, not to sin, to fear. That makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of what? Of sonship. This is, this is God saying, you're my child, you're, you're one of my own, the, the person that would put my hand on and comfort you and say, don't worry, don't be afraid. The second instruction the angel gave Joseph was even more simple. I like it. Don't be afraid, number one. And number two, he simply says to Joseph, simple instruction, name him Jesus. Matthew 121 in our passage for today, it says she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, we also know from this passage, he has another name, more than one. But in this passage, another name and his name is Emmanuel. That was the prophecy, which means God with us. And certainly that is true. That was what John learned to understand that God is with us through Christ. But here he says, I want you, Joseph, I want you to name him G- Jesus. Interestingly, it was exactly the same mandate that the angel gave Mary as well. They both understood the instructions very clearly. Gonna have a baby, you're gonna call him Jesus. And so that was his name. Jesus means what? No, that, that's Emmanuel means God with us. But that's close. God saves. It means the Lord saves. Literally, from the Hebrew, it means the Lord saves. Why would you name Jesus the Lord? Why would you name him Jesus? Why would you name the Son of God the Lord saves? Why name him that? You need to understand that Jesus didn't come here to heal, although he did many times. Jesus did not come here to confront the religious leaders about false doctrine that they were teaching, although he did that multiple times. Jesus did not come here to be a teacher to the multitudes or to be a teacher to the disciples, although he spent years doing that very thing. Jesus did not come here to merely be a perfect example for you and I to follow so that we see perfection and we can model our character in our lives after that, <clears throat> although Jesus certainly was our model. But he didn't come here for those things. He came here to save you and me from our sins. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Not because it's a cute story about a baby. And if you want to make it even cuter, throw in a drummer boy. (laughs) (laughs) The purpose of Christmas is Jesus Christ saves. If it weren't for that, I don't think anybody would even remember this story. It wouldn't be memorable. <clears throat> Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. He came to save us from death, from judgment, from condemnation, from other people in the community, uh, or condemnation from other people in the world. Jesus came here to save us from ourself or our, and from our sins. See, we don't have to worry about what other people think. We don't have to worry about the, what the world thinks. We do have to worry about what God thinks and he is actually the only one that's the judge. And he has already come to that judgment that we've all fallen short of him. And the wages of sin is death. God loves you. I told you that a while ago. He doesn't want you to die in your sins. Spiritually, he doesn't want any of us to die in our sins. So he sent Christ to be born in a manger, live a perfect life, to die on a cross for you and me, in our place, as atonement for our sins. That's why he was born, to pay the price for our sins. Sometimes I think we forget that at Christmas. <clears throat> I don't hear that a lot at Christmas, honestly. Did you know that in 1964, which is a very important year, I was born that year. That's probably not why it's important, though. <laughs> That's the year of my birth, 1964. Uh, Something far more important happened in 64. In 1964, a new claymation uh, show came out called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Remember that? Oh yeah, I love that. Island of Misfit Toys, I relate to that. You know, the Bonamal Snow Monster, you know, that terrified me as a little boy. That was, that claymation, that was high tech at the time. I remember that. And you know, you think of you, you develop all of these traditions about Christmas, about what you wear and how you decorate your your house or your tree or the lights all outside that you plug in or all these things, family, etc. etc. All, all wonderful things by the way. But sometimes I wonder if we remember in this hectic time why we really celebrate Christmas. Gifts family, time off from school or time off from work, those are good things. But far beyond any of that, Christmas is here because it offers us salvation for our souls. Watch this brief clip. Welcome! I'm the Christmas search engine, and I can help you find anything related to- DIY st- Christmas decorations. Oh, oh okay. Um, let's jump right in. Here we go. <laughs> what date Christmas this year? Uh, December 25th. What date Christmas next year? December 25th. Song that goes... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think I know what you're looking for. How cook ham. Okay. How cook ham fast? Uh, oh. Flamethrower recipe. Wait what? Christmas present mom. Nice. Cheap. Nice. What day Christmas 2035? Are you serious? Is Santa Claus real? Uh, you should maybe ask your parents about that. Gift wrap bowling ball. Please be careful. Custom dog Christmas. Sorry what? Christmas dog custom cute. Oh you mean costume? Christmas dog costume- cute gift wrap accordion uh, that's going to be tricky can i drink expired eggnog no what happens if drank expired eggnog why'd you even ask me in the first place dealing with relatives okay dealing with nosy relatives uh well dealing with my nosy overbearing relatives who won't stay out of my business <laughs> sorry yeah it's Pretty much all the same stuff. Gift wrap a saddle. Who are you buying this stuff for? Santa Claus riding a unicorn. Santa Claus riding a unicorn socks. Is that a thing? Search it up. Oh wow, here they are. Take my money. Norwegian tree skirts. How many lights one outlet? Elf pajamas. Dog singing Christmas carols. (sighs) Oh, hello. What is Christmas really about? (laughs) I've got just the thing. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins so Jesus (laughs) Jesus may I yeah absolutely thank you Fixed burnt ham. Okay. Uh, You know what? Forget it. Pizza delivery Christmas Eve. No problem. (laughs) Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time of year. It is a blessing to us. It is a joy. We get to see family that we don't often get to see. We get to spend extra time together away from work or school. We get to decorate and exchange Mm -hmm. gifts. All good things. Thank you for those. Father, we know that none of that has any purpose or meaning at all apart from Christ. And the fact that his name is Jesus, because he saves us from our sins. That means our relationship with you is restored to what it ought to be. Because there's no sin between you and I, or you and us. It means that we have hope. We have a hope for a life that means something. And we're not just loitering through this world only to die uh, after living a meaningless life, die a meaningless death. That there is purpose. That means we can go through this life with joy because we know what that purpose is. It's in Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to love you back with all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength and to love others as ourselves. It's only through Christ that we can do this. It offers us hope not only for this life, but for the life to come. After we die from this world, you promise us through Christ that our names will be written in the Lamb's book of life, in his book of life, because he holds the keys. And that once our name is put in there, by your mercy and your grace, that we gain entrance into heaven because of that mercy. And we will be with you forever. And the day will come. If we are in Christ, the day will come where we will have the same experience John had. We will fall at the feet of our Savior and we'll feel his hand on our shoulder. Oh, how long for that day. As you're praying, no one's looking around. Can I challenge you to remember why we celebrate Christmas? If you are here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's a perfect time to do it. The Bible tells us that we have to surrender to him. It's a confession that he is the Lord of our life. That means he calls the shots from now on. You're gonna follow the path he has for you. It's not complicated just as it was not complicated for Joseph. The Bible says that after the angel appeared to him, that Joseph obeyed. He took Mary as his wife. He named the baby Jesus. The instructions were clear and he did what he was asked to do. And so your instructions from God are the same. They're found in Romans ten nine. nine. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus wants to save you today. He wants to give your life purpose and meaning. He wants to wipe the fear that is in your heart, the anxiety in your life. He can remove that if you let him. I challenge you to just come down and say, Pastor, I want to I give my life to Jesus. Some of you just want to come in I want to come and kneel and pray and say, thank you, God, for Jesus, because he saved me. Maybe God is calling you or your family to join with this fellowship. Just come down and say, Pastor, we'd like to join. If God is leading in your heart right now, this invitation is for you. If you would stand as everyone stands, as you continue to bow and continue to pray, right now, you come.